As uh, per the usual, hello, Richard. Andy, good to be back as usual. Uh, Dr. Richard Scott, GP or family practitioner, if you're not in the UK, uh, your forced first port of call for all things medical. And uh, we we look at all sorts of topics, don't we? We've, what have we done so far? We've had sleep, we've had caffeine, uh, cold water plunges. We've, we've had a range of topics, mainly because uh, they're important, but also they've, they've come up in the news. They said they're, they're hot topics. And um, yeah, it's good to look at them so that we can be aware of what's what people are talking about at the moment. And also, hopefully, from a Christian angle as well. Absolutely. And as a result of a previous session that we did on gene editing, I saw an, uh, an article in the news today and it had the word gene editing. I actually knew what they were talking about a little bit more than I should have done, which was good. Very good. Well, that's good. <laughs> what have you got for us this week, Richard? So I've, I've entitled it Living Beyond 100. So that's a nice controversial title. Um, and so, yes, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go through it and then we can we can talk about uh, stuff at the end. But essentially, um, humans have always wanted to live longer. Um, in the Middle Ages, we didn't do very well. You know, life expectancy was short um, due to disease, uh, malnutrition and probably war, frankly. Um, when I was a child, it was interesting. I mean, I'm looking back, you know, I'm now 63. Life expectancy was the biblical three score years and 10. You know, you aimed for 70 um, and uh, that was pretty good. Um, it's now in my lifetime near 80. And that's really a remarkable increase. Um, I think people are pretty disappointed these days if their loved ones don't make it past 80. You know, if you die in the 70s, even 79, that's considered young. That said, researchers uh, continue to be in the business of, of trying to prolong life, whether it's better cancer drugs or statins to uh, reduce your cholesterol. Um, and they've had some success at the moment um, in the US. And so a little statistic from the United States, um, approximately one in 5,000 people live to 100. So it's still only a relatively short number of people uh, reach a century. But with advances, um, the life expectancy in England is now uh, 87 for, for, women, uh, for men and 90 for women. It's, you know, it's really jumping up for people uh, born today. And in fact, the newborn babies, and this is an amazing statistic, I wonder, it, it is said that in England, newborn babies have got a one in three chance now of living to 100. That seems astonishing and quite unthinkable when I was young. Um, even if they don't, even if one in three doesn't turn out to be the case and it's less than that, even one in ten is still in the present. Here's the question. What about for those of us who aren't newborn? <laughs> we're, in, we're in middle age. We're in old age. Um, you know, what can we do now to live longer? And I watched a programme recently, which was extraordinary um, because there's a researcher in America who was an ex-champion cyclist. And he discovered around the world there are just a handful of communities dotted around, isolated communities, that seem to have found a way to live a lot longer than their neighbours and indeed a lot longer than their countries. Um, they have an abnormally high number of centenarians. What is it they've hit on that the rest of us are missing out on? You know, is it a single thing? Is it a formula? Is it a lifestyle? What is it? So he was intrigued and went looking. Uh, he was honest, you know, he'd, he'd done all his cycling and he now wanted a new project in life, but he wanted an important project. And he reckoned that discovering if you know, like the Holy Grail, the elixir of living longer, uh, was an important enough project for him to go study. So he, he, he went to all these communities. There was a series of programs. I've just watched the first one. 
Um, but you managed to visit a few of these communities just in, in the first programme. So there's enough, I think, to go on from what he, what he came up with. So what I want to do is briefly summarise his findings, and then we'll look at some science, and then, yeah, and then what has God got to say about living longer? So here are his findings. And I'm going to start with two isolated island communities. One from a remote Japanese island called Okinawa. The first time I've heard of that island, Okinawa, and the other from Sardinia in Italy. And they had one thing in common. They were both extremely hilly. And the elderly, like everybody else, had to walk up and down hills several times a day. So they had a major physical workout regardless of age. Um, so that's the first two. Another community uh, was a Seventh-day Adventist, sort of a variety of Christianity in America, a village which again had an extraordinary lifespan on average, surrounded by other people with normal lifespans. So what is it they did? Well, again, they had a lot of exercise within their lives, mini tennis they specialised in, but they also, this is rather fun, they had a quaint habit of not using chairs. So they sat, sit, because they still do it, on the ground. Now, I don't know how many times we sit down, but they reckoned on average, the, the average Seventh-day Adventist had to get up from the ground 30 times, 3-0 times a day. So that's quite a big effort getting up from the ground, especially as an older person. That's, a, that's really working out your core muscles. And if you ally that to a healthy lifestyle, they actually had their own hospital, uh, plus belief in God. And they were clearly taking their health and including their spiritual health very seriously. So that's three communities. But they also, this, this um, Seventh-day Adventist community, in addition to this quaint habit of sitting on the ground, they had another secret weapon. And they, this is it, they practiced an 80% diet, 80% diet. So what does that mean? Well, their diet had much of the usual recommendations, uh, less meat and fish, much vegetables, fruit and nuts, and including whatever proportion of carbohydrates you liked. But it was only 80% in total of the average diet in America. In other words, they reduced their overall calories by 20%. So they simply ate less and exercise more. So in a sense, you might say, well, so far, no big surprises, diet and exercise with a bit of God thrown in. But returning to Sardinia, there was another major factor in living long that this cyclist discovered. They were in very, very big on families and friends visiting the elderly every day. No nursing homes in this island, Sardinia, um, and also, the elderly joined in with everybody else volunteering. So you volunteer, you help out, whether it's making food or gardening, whatever. And even the elderly volunteer to help other elderly. And it got me thinking, perhaps in the UK, we've made a mistake in encouraging, dare I say, much of our elderly to sign off in life, have everything done for them. Instead, perhaps if we joined in as they, they do in Sardinia, and as they do in, uh, particularly in, in America, in the, in the Seventh-day Adventist communities, um, exercising, volunteering, watching our diets, it would not only be good for the community, maybe we wouldn't need nursing homes, but it would be good for the elderly themselves. So like I say, I only watched the first of several episodes, but there was much to glean in one programme. And what, it, what I learned was to, to live longer, we need to be intentional. And I'm not just talking about intentional in seeing the doctor. <laughs> Medication, pills, medications can help. But what we're looking at here is healthy living. 
Now, I'm just going to digress at this point. Uh, Andy's got some of those main points down, but I'm just going to digress at this point from something else that you, some of your listeners, Andy, may have come across. And this is coming at living longer from a totally different angle. And I'm going to mention it, if only to poo-poo it. So here we go. Um, there's a multi-millionaire, uh, again, I'm not quite sure which country, I think it was America, in middle age, and he lives healthily, uh, has an enormous number of pills, but he's done something extraordinary. He's persuaded his son to donate blood to him, uh, not just the red cells, but the plasma. So that, if you like, the fluid the red cells live in. He's persuaded his son to give him a plasma transplant. And the aim is to make his organs younger by surrounding them, if you like, with plasma from younger, uh, his younger son. Um, so yes, he has the supplements, yes, he has the injections, but this is his uh, magic bullet, if you like, to try and uh, live longer. And the reason he did this is because there's been some research done on mice, where they joined together old mice and young mice, their circulatory systems. And indeed, the old mice seem to live longer if they have younger circulation, younger mice's blood uh, coming their way. So there is some science in it, but I'm struggling to see how this can be used for everybody. <laughs> uh, and even the ethics of having your children's um, blood coming your way. Anyway, I thought I'd mention this approach, if only to say somebody may have read about it. Um, I'm not encouraging you to join up with your children's blood, eat up to 50 pills a day, which this guy does. You know, this is a sort of whimsy of a multi-millionaire. Um, but I think we can learn a lot instead from these communities. Um, I might say, of course, this brings up the question, well, who wants to live to 100? Who wants to live enormously long? I mean, my wife, for example, my, my, my wife, Heather, is quite happy to live a normal span and then sign off. She reckons <laughs> she's achieved. She, she reckons she's achieved what she wants to achieve. And, and being honest, she's looking forward to heaven. <laughs> so I only mention this for people who say, you yeah, know, I'd really like to live to 100. And I'll be honest with you. Personally, I, I quite would like to live to 100. So I'm different from Heather on this one. So here goes a little bit of science and then we'll have a bit of Christianity and then over to Andy with any questions that, uh, that arise. So here's the science. It's, it's interesting that some of the things we've looked at, Andy, in previous weeks, coffee and tea, so caffeine, are reducing stress, are sleeping well, um, in addition to some of the stuff I mentioned today, a plant-based diet, and actually these communities usually reduce alcohol and don't smoke. So there's a whole range of lifestyle activities. But a lot of these things put together are very good for us in terms of wanting to live longer. And these are things that can apply to all of us. But there are things that we could do absolutely nothing about. And the first one is a genetic element. Now, the thing that, that leads, to, leads us ultimately to die is that our DNA in our cells gets old and it gets damaged. And, you know, we repair it um, at variable, uh, with variable success. Some people are much more successful at repairing damaged DNA than others. And that's a genetic thing. And that's something that we can do absolutely nothing about. And secondly, people who live to 100 often have highly functioning immune systems. Um, here it is, a little study in Holland, 340, 340 people who lived to 100, 340 centenarians. Uh, interestingly, how many of those, Andy, I'll ask you a question, how many of these 340 people studied who lived to 100 had dementia? How many of them had dementia, do you think? Well, I, you see, I, I, have, I was thinking about dementia earlier on with this subject a little bit, but I, I'm thinking, what, 10%? 
I, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Well, the answer is none. Oh, okay. <laughs> in this study, they had no serious decline in their memory or other brain functions. Now, how much of that living to 100 and having no dementia is genetic and how much is living well, you know, lifestyle? Um, again, that's, that's something that's going to need more, more work. Um, what, what I'm trying to say is we could do something about living long, but we can't determine everything. Which, of course, brings me to my last point as a, as a Christian. And here it is. You know, should we spend, should we expend our energy frantically trying to live longer on this flawed and troublesome earth? And bear in mind that each one of us is also flawed and, dare I say, troublesome. <laughs> or should we focus more on the eternal, you know, living lives here that please God for however long he gives us on this planet? Because, of course, the, the Bible says that he gives and he takes away and our, our days are numbered by him. Um, and at the same time, of course, telling others about him. So, in other words, should we focus more on having an eternal perspective? I, I would argue as a Christian, absolutely. By all means, live healthily. Uh, even the Apostle Paul says that physical exercise is of some value. Um, but we are also taught absolutely to focus our eyes on Jesus. For one day, all of us will die. Uh, it might be sooner, it might be later. And the creator of the universe who holds our lives in his hands then determines what happens next. You know, it's always fascinated me that individuals, I might say organisations, not least the NHS, focus entirely on living longer lives on this earth. When, of course, our lives on this earth are just a tiny, minuscule fraction of eternity. You know, if we're concerned about a few extra years here, um, how short-sighted if we completely miss out on the vastly bigger picture of living with God forever. So final, just thought really, you know, in our perfect bodies, which we get in heaven, how wonderful will that be? We get perfect bodies. Don't need statins, don't need cancer treatment, don't need supplements, uh, don't need plasma transfusions, vitamin pills, nothing. Um, you know, that's what we've got to look forward to as Christians. So I would just say glory to God for the time it gives us on earth now and glory to God for the restored bodies and minds and souls that we receive when Jesus comes again. Amen. <laughs> uh, right. I, I have questions, as you will, as you will not be surprised. I would be, disappoint I would be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> no, I'll tell you where I'm going to go first. Bilbo Baggins from The Lord of the Rings. I feel like butter spread over too much bread. And I think it's interesting as we think about living longer. I mean, you're talking about how the DNA gets old. We can understand that. That's fairly simple to grasp. But as things age, they're going to get more tired and get more worn out. And although we can keep putting new things on something to some extent, we can replace a knee or a hip, that's still attached to part of an older body. And what, what I'm reminded by was somebody said, oh, this car looks really, really nice. Our car now, it needs, it's going to need a new part at some point. And, and although we can put new tires on and new wipers and put new fuel in the car, we can validate it. We can, you know, make it pretty. At some point, the metal is going to get soft and it's going to get worn. And it is impossible for us to think, well, if I just put a new engine, it'll go another 100,000 miles. We can put a new heart in. But, but the, the actual chassis, the frame, the whole thing is still going to age, as will we. And if we're not careful, I guess if we push too far with this, we're going to be like Bilbo Baggins, feeling, feeling like we're, we're alive. But to what standard? Because now we're just we're spread too far because we're tired. 
I, li I like the analogy because, funnily enough, I was uh, at my garage yesterday looking at a new car because my current car's done 105,000 miles and bits are falling off, literally. And, um, you know, what am I going to do? Well, yes, I could keep replacing them, but actually, you're quite right. And the, you know, the analogy of the new bodies that we get in heaven is like replacing with an absolutely perfect car on earth, except in heaven, our bodies don't wear out. We won't yeah. have to keep replacing them once is enough. Um, I was interested about the, you mentioned that program you've been watching, you've got Okinawa, you've got Sardinia, and you've got the Seventh-day Adventists. And I mean, I guess, again, we, 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 can, we can understand that if we eat better, if we eat let if we if we less unhealthy food we, we eat better we, we exercise more all of these things are going to be good for us to do but again as christians we're all going to die it's the one certainty in life we know we're going to die we don't know when it's fascinating to see the push around certain parts of the world at the moment for assisted dying and let's 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 determine that time but we still can't determine it it's still in somebody else's hands at one level and yeah, it's it's interesting how we have this desire to live forever and this sort of immortality, mm -hmm. but the consequence of immortality is there's an awful lot more life that we have to live in order to have that immortality. So mm -hmm. I can kind of understand you and your wife having very different perspectives on eighty years old. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. As opposed to, I wonder what else is around. I wouldn't. That, that's fascinating in itself, isn't it? Well, it, it is really. It's, I mean, I think when Paul said it, he, he said that physical health is of some value, but he went on to say that you know, essentially spiritual health is more important. And because spir our spiritual health in you know, our relationship with God and you know how we're worshiping Him and and, and um, you know trying trying to help our neighbours along the way, um, you know, following the first, if you like the two great commandments, you know, that determines everything, not just now. Uh, and uh, and I think that's you know it's so short sighted to focus purely on the physical. Uh, and even on mental health, which is important, if we, if we neglect our spiritual health. The one that really uh, does interest me, because I think this really, it, we, we, we can replace a heart, we can replace, we can do stuff to the lungs, we can, we can replace various bits and pieces of the body in another 20 years, 50 years, who knows what else we'll be able to do. I think I've even heard of an eye surgery, is that right, a replacement eye? Which is corneas at the moment. Okay, so it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going along that road. But we can't replace the, the thing that makes us who we are. Um, you know, we can take out half a brain and someone can still survive. But but the core of who who we are as people, our soul, which is one way of putting that, we can't fix that. We can't replace it and we can't do surgery on it from a physical perspective. So there is going to be a finite limit to how long this shell that we have is going to last. And, and of course, that's God's plan. You know, he, he didn't plan for us to live forever on this earth. No. And knowing that the fall would happen, knowing it's a flaw of earth. And of course, one day, it's not just that you know, we'll meet Jesus again, but there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. You know, everything we see here is temporary. Um, and um, you know, that's, that's his plan such that there will be perfection one day. Thank goodness. <laughs> without all the problems that we see around us and all sorts of the problems we cause ourselves. Um, let me come back to the, the, the Sardini one, because that's the one that really struck me. You, you were talking about how uh, the older folks there... They're not just hitting 65, you're retired, off you go. Actually, they're still part of society because people are visiting them. Was that right, Sardinian? There's no nursing homes? Yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, again, I think the point you're making, which is really valid, is, is the UK, we kind of write off our older people. You're 65, that's it, you're done, finished. Yeah, well, I think we write them off, but also, dare I say, sometimes, and I'm not talking about people who are really um, physically incapacitated, but or mentally incapacitated, but I think sometimes old people um, can write themselves off. Um, 
And I think you know, it's what's very interesting in the Bible is there's no such thing as retirement. Um, there's, you know, Paul talks about us all running a race. You know, there's, there's work to do, whatever we can do. And of course, you know, at 63, I can't run like I could at 23, um, but I can still do something. Uh, you know, and I'm, I think, you know, on this earth, God's designed us to, you know, to be able to contribute um, at whatever level we can do. Uh, and the more we do, it's not only just good for others, but clearly it shows it's good for ourselves as well. But I, I just love the fact that the, the older folks mm. are having visits every day. When mm. there's a problem, they're part of that solution rather than we'll just push them over there. And I think that's certainly a part of, let's call it westernized society, I guess, where we don't consider people of a certain age as important there's like they're, they're sort of devalued by their ability to earn a wage but earning a wage is only one thing that we can do it doesn't define who we are it only defines what we do sure no absolutely quite right yeah um what was the other thing i was going to say um yeah i'm fascinated to know how this goes with the uh, the program that you're watching be interesting to see where where that one goes um another one that struck me though is the bible does say is it got it the wrong way around three score years and ten so that's score is 20 that's 70 years old we're getting past that and you're saying babies born today there's a there's a 30 percent chance they're going to be living to 100 are there any medical advances that you think we're just that's something that we are not going to break through good question because i think um there's so many advances which happen all the time um, so I think we have advances in diseases. Um, I think one one a session I'd like to do actually is on on Alzheimer's because there's there's some uh, mm. some there's some work on there at the moment. Um, perhaps we'll do that after questions and answers following this one. Mm. Um, so I think we can help with the diseases, but as you say, ultimately whether we can improve the repair of our DNA, possible. But I still think we have to remember this is God's design. You know, man can influence it. We can fiddle around with it. And we might not like the fact that ultimately we die, um, but actually we do. Mm. And you know, we, we can extend it, we can push it forwards a bit, but actually you know, this is his design and therefore it will take place. So you know, whether we get to 120, 130 on average uh, in the future, well, we might do, but we'll still die because that's the way the maker has made it. Um, the one thing that does strike me though is, well, there's two, there's two very different parts of, the, of scripture that really help me for this. One is that we're all parts of the body. So I think about that example in Sardinia, just because you're a finger, you're no less important than an elbow or an eye. And, and the Bible makes a really good, quite a graphic description of why we are all part of that body. Mm. Now it's talking about churches, but equally we can easily say that's society, that's community, that's the social integration of, of one person with another person, with a family, with all that. Um, but that whilst that's that's there very clearly we've all got a part to play the other part that really struck me was live for today don't worry about tomorrow which is another biblical principle today's got enough worries of its own don't worry about tomorrow if all we're trying to do is live to 150 or, or 250 we can end up spending so much of our time and, and energy not on what's what doesn't matter but stuff that doesn't matter as much as living for today a very good point sorry i, sh I probably should have made that one myself but equally we, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We can get run over by a bus. We can get cancer. Something can happen. We have, have a stroke. You know, stuff can happen. Um, and, you know, we think, I think of the parable of the, you know, the, rich, the rich fool, the man who had his barn. You know, I'm retired. I'm going to lay up everything for the future and have a good time. And, uh, you yeah, know, Jesus said, no, you fool, this day your life is required of you. You simply don't know the future. So you absolutely, very good point. Live for today. Yes, don't be foolish about tomorrow. But equally, yeah, God says, don't worry about tomorrow. That, that's up to me. 
And I think, again, that, that guy you were talking about, uh, who's taken all those dozens of pills and blood transfusions from his son, you know, he's, he's, he's so busy investing into his tomorrow, it's going to be robbing him of the joy of today. Well, not only that, I think it's very selfish. He's actually think, focusing entirely in on himself, as opposed to, you know, we know the most caring people, that I see them a lot in clinic, who are generally actually quite poor at looking at themselves because they're expending all their energy helping other people. I think one should try and do a little bit of both, certainly help other people, you know, don't be foolish about yourself. But actually, if you're just concentrating, you know, it's all about me, 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 and me living to whatever age. Hang on, is that how we're meant to be? I don't think so. No, and that's, again, back to the body. We're all part of a body. We all have a part to play. Whether it's a finger, an eye, an ears, you know, a nose, it doesn't matter. We, we all We all matter. And this is what I love about Christianity, is that before God, we absolutely all have inherent value because you're made on purpose and with a purpose, whether that's 20 years, six years or 80 years. Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he designs, and then we know why some certain people die young. We just don't know. Why do other people live to a hundred? Actually, we don't know. Perhaps one day we will do. We can ask God in heaven. Um, but, but you know, his intention is, is for us to, to be wise. You have to be stewardships of this world and actually stewards of our body as well. But, don't just focus on you ourselves fix your eyes on jesus that has to be the way forward because there's so much more and again come back to that point we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so let's live today enjoy what we have today make the most of it and make the most of the people in our lives which again is that sardinia no nursing homes what what a what a an idyllic situation that's got to be for everybody it's better isn't it <laughs> it's is great uh richard thank you um i i love these because i never know where we're going to go I said the same to Anne Lord Jackson every week with the sensory stuff. I never know what topic we're going to get to, but I love learning um, and seeing how God designed us in a particular way. And actually, when we work with that, it, it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. I also, whilst I know what I'm going to say, I've no idea what you're going to ask. <laughs> but that, that adds to the fun as well. Um, if you've got any questions for Richard, do feel free to send them here to the to the station. Uh, it's hello at pure247radio.org. Hello at pure247radio.org. Send any questions or any topical medical issues that you might have on your mind through to us, and I will ask them to Richard Scott GP. Thank you for your time as ever. Blessings. Pure 24-7 Radio is listener-supported which means we are free, online and always pure because of the generous support of our listeners. If you would like to contribute financially, please visit pure247radio.org. If you'd like to find out how we use your money, please visit the Our Cost section. Any donation of any size will help keep us on air and broadcasting for free. Thank you.